Partly cloudy and minus two in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A COVID-19 outbreak at Bowness High School has caused a switch to online learning beginning Monday. Global's Jackie Wilson reports. All students at Bowness High School in Calgary's Northwest will start online learning Monday. The school's COVID-19 outbreak status on the province website shows five to nine cases have been confirmed. These are cases where the virus could have been acquired or transmitted in the school. However, multiple sources within the high school's community tell Global News students attended a party last weekend. Global News reached out to bylaw services who isn't aware of any complaints related to this. In a statement, the Calgary Board of Education says in part, quote, we all share the responsibility to follow all health and safety guidelines, whether in school or outside of school time, to reduce the impact of COVID-19 on schools and learning. A letter sent parents Friday says the school decided to move completely online because of the operational capacity challenges faced by the number of cases identified in a short time. According to the province, an outbreak investigation is over when there are no new confirmed cases in the school for 28 days. Bonas students will return to in-person classes March 17th. Jackie Wilson, Global News. More news in a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Police now have CCTV images of the suspected vehicle in an attempted abduction of a 13-year-old Calgary girl Friday afternoon. The white 2005-2010 to 2010 Honda Odyssey had reportedly pulled over and its driver tried to force the girl inside, but she managed to escape. The male is described as a short and slender man in his late 20s to mid-30s. Anyone with information is asked to contact police. Canmore RCMP are looking for a man who's been on the run since early yesterday morning at around 3 a.m. Saturday on Highway 1. A traffic stop of two vehicles conducted by police found handguns and drugs in one vehicle. The driver is in custody. However, the driver of the other vehicle drove away and the Hyundai SUV was later found abandoned in Canmore with weapons inside. Police say the suspect is a man in his late 20s to mid-30s who is... Short and slender, he was wearing a white hoodie and camouflage pajama pants. RCMP say if you see the man, call 911 and do not approach him. And Canada gathered Saturday to say goodbye to Walter Gretzky, the father of NHL great Wayne Gretzky, uh, died Thursday at the age of 82 following complications from Parkinson's disease. In delivering his dad's eulogy, Wayne says his dad recently had a bad injury. We were 21 days sitting with him and just enjoying life and we got a chance and an opportunity to tell stories. Our grandchildren had never seen my dad after his brain aneurysm and we, we were telling them all, you're thankful that you didn't know him before his brain aneurysm because he was a lot tougher. <laughs> Walter Gretzky was predeceased by his wife Phyllis who died in 2005. Global News Sky Tracker weather mainly sunny and a high of six today. Few clouds tonight, low of minus three. And your Monday will see mainly sunny conditions with a high of plus five. It's minus two at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. 
Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is March the 7th. It's hard to believe how quick the time is going and uh, daylight savings time next weekend. So we're going to spring ahead. So I think we lose an hour, which is kind of nice. So it'll make it nice and bright after work. And at the end of the day, we get an extra hour to get out and do the, all those things that... Uh, you want to do, which is kind of nice. So if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And that is the talk and text lens. I've already got a few talks or a few text, a few text talkers. Um, <laughs> um, one that you're going to get, I get this asked quite a bit. A lot of people have older shrubs and Ryan sent in a, in a text Asking, he has a, it was an older false spirea. Um, I kind of looking at the picture he sent me. There's lots of gray deadwood in there where it's been cut back a few times. And he was just asking uh, how, how low can he take it or where, where should he do it? On something like that, when you have an older shrub, and for the most part, most of the shrubs, you can cut right down to the ground, um, like potentillas, nine barks, spireas, um, lots of different shrubs. Lilacs, you can take them right down to the ground. It's called rejuvenation. So after years and years, you're going to get a bunch of old deadwood in some of those. So it's just really nice to to start fresh. You come right down to the ground, and uh, and then it just you'll get a nice rejuvenated shrub, and you'll see it go crazy for you. So um, give you lots of new growth. All the energy of your shrub will go into brand new growth instead of trying to rejuvenate the old wood like if it can't get through the old wood it just it just wastes so much energy on that so this way if you can if you want to rejuvenate and, and now's a great time to get out and uh and do that because uh it's just starting to warm up a lot of the trees and shrubs haven't been pushed up the energy hasn't come up from the roots into the trees yet so you, you don't want to lose that so you don't want to uh um, you want to make sure you do it before it leaves out so it doesn't waste all that energy already going up into it. So all that energy will just go right into new growth. So give that a try. And uh, if you're looking outside and your potentillas look a little smaggy or your, your your nine bark get a little taller, nine barks are ones that you can also keep as a hedge. They don't mind being pruned. You can keep them at a height. If you have a nine bark, you just want to keep it at a four-foot hedge. They make, like, that's the one hedge I kind of pr- I promote more than the traditional Catoni aster. Because the aster, the Catoni aster, is really gets lots of that uh, fire blight and that scale that's going around. So they're kind of getting their butts kicked right now here in Calgary. So if you're looking for a replacement shrub that grows faster, the nine barks are, are a great um, hedge shrub. Same with the hydrangea. You could do a, a beautiful hydrangea shrub, a hedge of that as well. So... And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We got Carol on the line. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. I have a question about um, a greenhouse. Okay. An unheated greenhouse. Can I now um, plant things like peas and spinach and lettuce in there? Um, most likely, yes. If the if the soil is a little bit warm, because all those those three that you mentioned definitely love the coolness. Um, to germinate, and uh, so those should do really well, and you'll end up with really nice crisp spinach and uh, and the peas and things like that. You should be fine. Okay. Would a person need a heating mat 
to start the seeds? No, I, I, most of those you could just do direct seed, like the spinach and that, you can go right right into the soil. Okay. Because it's yeah. already, if it's under the cover of the greenhouse, it's probably already, like, can you work the soil at all or is it frozen solid? It's actually quite good. Yeah. Yes. So I, I would, uh, yeah, for a lot of those you can do it because I know a lot of people sow their spinach and that in the fall. Mm-hmm. And then it comes up through the snow, and it just it looks awesome. It just looks so crisp and, okay. and and nice. So, so just to go from that, can you just explain to me a little bit about uh, a heat cover? I bought a heat cover from your uh, store last year. <laughs> if it gets really cold, how much warmth can a heat cover actually? I, is it one of those like the white, uh, white like a frost blanket? Yes. Yeah, it, it actually works quite well, especially if you already have the cover of the poly. It it, it more protects it from the heavy frost. I guess it, it doesn't, and especially when you get into the night, it doesn't really generate, but it'll hold any of the heat that's coming out of the ground that's already there, that's radiating up. It'll okay. keep it in there, sort of creates a little igloo effect. Okay. So um, would it be beneficial to have that, to, to cover the the seedlings with the heat cover and the unheated greenhouse or would I not have to bother? I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would bother. Like if it's in the greenhouse like that, I think I would just uh, rely on, on the greenhouse for the moment. Cause it, cause you're going to like the seeds are going to react because you're not going to start seedlings out there. You're starting with seeds. So the spinach, that the only one, the, uh, did you mention lettuce? The, I did. Yeah, yeah. Lettuce might, Take, but they're pretty hardy too. Like they can take a, a bit of frost. I know the spinach can take frost. And I know the peas can take frost. Okay. Um, so I, I just think unless we get like a mine, like if they're up and going, and then all of a sudden in the forecast it says it's going to get to minus fifteen or something, yeah, I would yeah. I would probably throw a little space heater or something out there just to take okay. that edge off. Um, okay. But for the most part, if like those minus fives and stuff like that, it's going to warm up enough. It's going to be the radiant heat off the soil in your greenhouse. I think you're going to be fine for the most part. Okay. Last question. When a person uh, has a seedling that has been started in the house, yep. you and, you know, next month or whatever, then you want to uh, move it into the greenhouse. Do you also have to harden it? It's always better to harden things off first. Um, especially if it's just been in uh, 20 degrees all the time, nice and soft, and you can feel the leaf. Um, and so you, you definitely should put them outside, like on these cool mornings, like when it gets about plus three or four. Um, a lot of the things you can put outside, um, just start climatizing them. Absolutely. Makes a big, big difference. Um, when we used to grow, <laughs> we used to grow our own geraniums when I was the grower at Sunnyside. Um, and... We we would move all our geraniums to our cold frames, and they were like crisp iceberg lettuce. Like they were, like compared to most of the geraniums that you see now at the stores, they're always the sleeves are a little bit soft. Like ours were like crunchy. It was awesome. Like dark rings on them, like disclimatized. Like like they were like it was like lettuce. <laughs> was, you yeah. just and we just we don't have the room to grow. Like cause we used to grow like a hundred thousand geraniums. Um, I would need uh, 30 acres of production greenhouse right now to do the amount of plants that we we sell. So we work with our growers and the ones that we work with um, climatize as best they can, but they're not they're not growing in this climate, right? So it, it's it, it's really hard to grow, and that's why none of the garden centers really grow here anymore. Um, it's just 
the, we don't have the space, and the, it's just too expensive too, like just the gas and all the other stuff. So, well, thank you so much. That's very interesting. All righty, have a good day. You Bye-bye. as well. Thanks, Carol. Bye bye. All right, and again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. But I'm going to go to the text line as well. Good morning. Last week, you talked about cutting down lilacs to rejuvenating. I was wondering what time of the year is the best to do that. Thanks, AJ. Um, I would, you can do them actually right now. Like if you're looking at it, it's a nice warm week this week. If you want to get out there and do it right now, actually this in early March, mid-March is a great time to rejuvenate a lot of your uh, shrubs and things like that. It's a great time to pruning. I know our prune it up crew is just going, um, they're getting lots of calls heading out. And actually we really didn't slow down most of the winter. Because a lot of your trees and the shaping, and you got to do your elm trees over the winter. So we've actually been really quite busy, and you can see the the structure of your of your trees and shrubs and stuff like that. So on a lot of the pruning, um, it it goes a little quicker in the winter time because you can see, but you're, you're fighting with the snow. So you kind of got to, I guess, it all balances out for for the for what you're doing. But right now, AJ's, uh, it's a great time to uh, rejuvenate your lilac, and you should be totally fine. And here I got another one. My calamondin plant is getting tan areas on parts of the leaves. Seems to be every week there are a few more. I feed it 301010 and it's two years old. Sits in an area with a large east-south-west window. Maybe leaf burn. Um, No, that looks like you're just getting... I'm not sure if you're misting your plants or... Or spraying water on them because you got them in a nice clay pot, which is perfect. It looks nice and healthy. Um, I would just ensure that, um, yeah, actually, it looks like you're doing everything right. It just looks like when it, when it when the tips burn like that, um, it could be just from water on the leaves. It kind of looks like that. It maybe works like a magnifying glass and burns it. Um, so maybe just let me know if you if that is the case. If not. Um, yeah, that's all I'm kind of, that's the one thing I think. But other than that, it looks super healthy. And uh, just make sure that when you are fertilizing that you water first and then you fertilize. You don't want to fertilize, especially like a 301010. Um, you don't want to fertilize with that strong of a, of a fertilizer without it being wet first because you can burn your roots and things like that. So anyways, I got... Uh, one more here, and this is from, good morning, Merle. I have a nice bromeliad. The flare lasted about three months and has four pops. I was wondering if I should wait until the whole flare turns down before I harvest the seeds from the top. If you're not sure, I would, myself, I would wait till the flare goes all the way down and then and then harvest it at that point. And uh, and then you should be good because it'll it'll dry out, and that way uh, Mother Nature's sort of done its thing, and you should be able to take that out. And then a lot of people split up the pups at that point as well, so you should be good. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to chat with Mark, and he's with Prune It Up. He's going to talk to us about the new uh, Green It Up uh, tree and lawn care that we've launched this week. So we'll chat with Mark about that. 
We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Green It Up Tree and Lawn Care, Calgary's new tree and lawn health company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to speak to Mark about that right now. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. And yourself? I'm doing very well. Good, good. Thank you. Yeah, we're all recovering from our, our hockey game last night. The Flames... Uh, <laughs> Almost did it. It was good to see Luch. A little and, bit more effort. Yeah, yeah Luch and Tuchuk in there, swinging around. That was good. <laughs> Lots of fun. Yeah, Battle Alberta is always fun. Oh, yeah, I know, absolutely. Um, so we're going to chat with the battle of the, the weeds and the trees and all that other stuff that, uh, that you and I live throughout the week. Um, so we've been, uh, obviously a lot of my listeners know about our Green It Up lawn fertilizer um, that they come in the store and we've had very good success. People love it. Um, so we've decided to take it to, to bring it to their house along with your, with your tree fertilizer. You do the deep root injections that green it up d- deep root injections for the trees. So we thought, well, while we're there, if people want their lawns done, we would offer that service. So we've decided to launch that starting this spring, 2021. Yeah, we're super excited. Um, yeah, we've just had so many people come into the store and just rave and send in pictures. Um, yeah, and they just uh, asked if we could bring that service to them because um, a lot of people do uh, live quite far from the store. So now uh, when we're out doing their trees, we can also do their lawns. And the and the idea of it, and we're not really, I guess, and we're going to offer some weed care, but we're not going to have it in our packages because I, I think we believe in the fertilizer itself. It it eliminates most of the weeds because once you get your your grass thick and healthy, the Kentucky bluegrass is an invasive, and that's ninety nine percent of the grass that's grown in Calgary is an invasive species. So, if we if we if we can get that nice and healthy, and with our green it up blend, that does get it that way. Um, it, you don't need to spray for weeds, and that's the like last year I I didn't spray one dandelion. I I pulled one out, um, and I just they just don't they can't compete with the grass. Yeah, like it's your your best defense on all all the all the weeds and. Even uh, pests for your trees is just keeping things as healthy as possible, and and that just starts with with a good fertilizer. Um, so yeah, just uh, just start with that, and and do your your deep watering, and um, you'll notice uh, that you don't have as much um, as you would with some other products. Absolutely. So in your deep root injection, and how many times a year does that usually? What do you usually recommend? So we recommend doing the deep root feeding twice a season, okay. uh, sp- spring and fall, um, with the Chinooks and, and the extreme back and forth and temperatures that we have here. It's just really beneficial to start start your all your trees off uh, with a good root feeding to break up that soil compaction, um, get the proper nutrients um, into the root system, and give them a good good push here uh, before a uh, leaf break. And the other thing you mentioned, and this year we're fortunate because there's a lot of snow cover. the The water table has been built up 
um, quite nicely, and it's melting. We're not getting that plus, uh, it was plus 15 the other day, but for the most part, like yesterday, that plus six, seven, that's perfect melting. It just, the water just slowly melts, gets into the ground, just doesn't run off into the gutter. Um, so that we're, we're kind of having a, a really nice spring um, for for that type of thing, for the trees and shrubs, that just that slow melt, um, so ensuring that there's lots of moisture in the ground so when those trees take off, they have enough um, water in the, in the ground, in the roots, to foliate the whole things. Because I, I know I've seen it in the past and in, in years when we've had a really, really dry winter and a dry spring, and you watch those big poplars or the big willows leaf out, and they just don't fulfill Unless no. they unless they're getting watered, it's uh, again going back to the Chinooks. They just it's so tough on the trees. So you know, giving them this this uh, head start here in spring is you'll notice the the benefits of it. And and to be honest with you, most people once they have the service done the first time and they see the results, they just it, it it's so much better for your trees. You'll you'll notice less black knot. Um, you know, like all of the the common tree issues you you see, um, just you'll, you'll see a lot less. Well, it's just like people, right? You're building up the immune system of the tree. If you if we're if we're more healthy, and obviously all of us have gone through this COVID thing the last year, and and the people with 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 weaker immune systems unfortunately get a little sicker, but the people that are stronger immune systems, they're able to withstand some of the stuff a little better, and they don't get as sick. Um, but that's just, and it's very similar to trees. And I, I always use the analogy of, of trees and I look at the skin on the tree and same with people, you are the doctor, like they can tell a lot just by looking at your face, your eyes, they look at your skin and, uh, and they can tell a lot and it's no different with your trees and shrubs. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and your lawn. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we're just waiting for the weather um, to to take to warm up, and then you sort of typically when do you start that? Like sort of the in the beginning of April, or um, yeah, or later. It, it's all going to depend on how this how this uh, thaw goes. Um, last year, uh, we started the deep root um, late May. Okay. Um, yeah, because we had that that cold snap. Yeah, it was still frozen. That's right. So yeah, it's going to be weather dependent, but we're hoping in May um, to get to get uh, started on that for sure. Awesome! And we did put a link on our website, and so you can go on there and, and click on it, and then the the pruned up team and uh, it's it's going to be working with them closely, and that'll get you in touch with the the greened up tree and lawn care, and then you can. Uh, get signed up for that and yeah if anybody wants to click on that link and if they want more info we can also send it to them that way so uh yeah we can give you all the info that you need and and have the greenest lawn and trees on the block well i I, and i see it like people come in that's funny and i always love when the guys come in because guys love the green grass and they and they get the and they get their green up lawn for it. I go, why do you have four bags? And they go, oh, I got to get my buddy the good stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they leave. I you know, have a big yard, but no, no, they wanna. They're trying to share their secret. But, anyways, thanks so much, Mark, for calling in. I got to go. We're at the end of the half hour here, um, so we will chat with you this week. No problem. Also, Merle, quickly, uh, birch leaf minor treatment. We're also taking uh, names for our service at this year as well. Okay. 
and I'll, I'll mention that after the break, but I got to run for the break here. No problem. Thanks, Mark. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A COVID-19 outbreak at Bowness High School has resulted in the switch to online learning for students beginning Monday. Multiple sources within the school's community say students attended a party last weekend. Bylaws says they're not aware of any such complaints related to a party. Police now have CCTV images of the suspected vehicle in an attempted abduction of a 13-year-old Calgary girl Friday afternoon. The white 2005-2010 Honda Odyssey had reportedly pulled over and its driver tried to force the girl inside, but she managed to escape. The male is described in his late 20s to mid-30s. Anyone with information is asked to contact police. And 341 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in Alberta yesterday, as well as one additional death. There are currently 247 people in hospital with the virus, 42 in ICU. Mainly sunny and a high of 6 today, a few clouds tonight, low of minus 3. Monday, mainly sunny conditions with a high of plus 5. And right now it's zero. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I know we we had a couple, and just before I was chatting with Marta, they dropped off, so if you'd like to come back, 403-974-8255. Got a couple, quite a few texts, actually. So, good morning. Will you carry the blue Himalayan poppies this year? Um, yes, we will have those for sure. And I missed the name of the rose that I think you said were silvery blue. Um, they're they're actually a tea rose, and they're called sterling silver. And uh, gorgeous tea rose. And we're definitely going to try and have some in this year. Uh, I love those. I just the fragrance on those are phenomenal. So gorgeous tea rose. A little harder to, to keep them going. Over the winter time, but there there is ways of doing it. You, you plant them on a forty five, so the graft is under the ground, and they kind of grow up at an angle. Then they go straight up. But there's definitely some techniques to do that, and uh, we'll be happy to help you out with that as well. Um, I got another text here. We bought a house, and there's an area in the backyard where the grass is dead from the dog. What is the best way for that? Do I need to dig it out? and dirt um no um for the most part um especially going into spring if you just give those the spots that are a little extra dead um and what we have a product called dog spot prevent and it neutralizes the soil um where it's been affected by urine so if you if you still have a dog um or if you don't, and even if you don't have a dog, I would, as soon as it thaws out and the grass is dry, I would give everything a really, really good rake. In those areas where it's um, where it's more dead from the, and you'll, and you'll be able to tell um, that'll be more dead, I would give those a little heavier rake. I would put down some loam or some potting soil or something mixed with grass seed and also some of the dog spot prevent just to, to neutralize those areas. And and then I would 
put the the soil down, pack it down, put some grass seed in there, rake it in, and then go a little bit heavier because it's got to get in there um, with the grass seed. And and then at that point, after you've done your raking of the lawn, I would give everything a shot of the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer, the sixteen thirty two six, and it will get that whole thing nice and green. I've done it many times. Um, in our old house, we didn't have a dog run um, when the dogs just went out on the grass all winter. And in the spring, it, and it, it would take a, two or three weeks, but before it, it, you knew it, it would just fill right in, and uh, you wouldn't even be able to tell, especially if you don't have any dogs going back in there. That's how I would uh, uh, treat it. And I guess it depends on the severity. If it's 90% dead, you might want to look at um, raking it all out, cutting out some of it, and replacing it with sod. But if it, if it's just patches and stuff, it actually fills in quite quite easily, so you should be good to go. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good, good. You? Best day of my life, sir. Awesome. Two quick questions. My apple tree, can I still prune that this spring? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Just, next- but you just gotta be careful. Like, don't take the ends off everything because you will you'll lose it. So it's more for removing dead, damage, or disease branching, crisscrossing branches. But if you if you just go trim the whole top of it, chances are you'll lose a bunch of your buds and stuff. So. Okay, because I, I keep my apple tree pretty trimmed up, so I don't have to have too high of a ladder. So yeah, I just got all of these stringers. I well. Yeah. Branches sticking straight up. Yeah, I just, just want- take all those off. Absolutely. Okay. And my next thing is, uh, I've been kind of, uh, well, my uh, aloe vera plant there, it was getting a bunch of little whatever shoots, so I transplanted it. But when I was looking that up, it said you should be transplanting your house plants every two or three years. Um, depends. Like aloe veras, a lot of the cactus, they have such small root systems and depends on what size of pot you went into, right? So I, I, for the most part, like if I'm going from an 8 inch to a 10 or 12 inch pot, usually you can get, uh, yeah, two to four years out of that. Depends on what type of plant. So it's yeah. not a general rule. Like an aloe vera can stay in the same pot for, for a multitude of years. Like. Oh. Because they have okay. really small root systems, right? So, okay. like, I just want because basically I just have them in <clears throat> Christmas cactuses, and I don't know what these other long vine plants. Are. I'm terrible with remembering names. Probably so. it sounds like a spider plant. Is it the sort of a white and no, green no, leaf? No, long, <clears throat> just long leaves like grow four feet tall. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to know whether, and then I've got a few other plants that. That, uh, just when you do it, just go and if, if you're going to plant that's really quite tall, kind of top heavy, I would I would go with a wider pot, not a tall cylinder type pot. So you go okay. something that's a little bit wider, so it gives it a good base, so it's nice and solid. Um, okay. And and some trees that go um, a little bit lower, you can put them in a in a taller, narrower pot. And so just you got to look at the type of plant it is and and what it's what's going to do as it grows, but. 
like you said, I transplanted a bunch of plants when I moved into the, my last house here a couple of years ago, and and they're fine. Like I'm gonna, they'll be fine for probably a couple more years because they you fertilize them, you do your thing. So yeah. Um, so do you just fertilize your plants basically during the summertime? Your house plants? I, I do it sort of every couple of months, even throughout. Like I I maybe skip. Um, November, December, kind of into January. But once the days get longer, like I fertilized everything a week and a half ago. Okay. Um, and I've already seen like all my plants have tons of new growth right now. Like my lemon trees in full bloom. Um, I have a couple ficus, fiddlehead ficus, and then I have a laurel ficus. And it's just like tons of new growth. So... Well, that, you make me jealous now because our lemon tree isn't doing anything right now. So I guess I better get there and fertilize it. So. Yeah, thirty ten ten on that one. Water first, but I, and I put mine outside all summer long. Sort of from June first, yeah. I stick it outside, and it just it loves it. But I have a taller cylinder pot for it. Like it likes a, a it likes a little bit of a taller, skinnier pot. So I have I like. Those baskets with all the holes in, like I've got a 10-inch one of those, and it sits in a five-gallon pail. Yeah. So that's what I grow mine in. Okay. Um, but I take all my house plants outside all summer. Okay. I don't care that they bring bugs in in the fall. Yeah, the wife does. yeah you can just spray them with the pure spray green before you bring them in, and that makes a big difference. Um, just spray them like a week before you bring them in, and then maybe just a couple days before you bring them in, and that makes a big difference tidying them up. What's that called? Pure spray green. It's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil that we sell at the store. It's actually made by Suncor. It's it's a good it's a it's a natural uh, insecticide and fungicide. It, it works great. So okay, okay, we're coming to Calgary next week, and I'll have to come out to your store and get awesome. Them. Look forward to it. Thanks, Wayne. You betcha. Thank you very take much. Care. I appreciate your show. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat with Zoe, and we're going to see what's hot in the greenhouse. Zoe's filling in for, for Jen today. Good morning, Zoe. How are you? Good, good. So, what's yes. happening down there? Nice and sunny morning in the in the in the tropical area in the greenhouse today. So, it was a, a beehive of activity yesterday, like all kinds of seeds and pots and plants and. Yeah, yeah. it was amazing yesterday. Yeah, um, we had a great day. So many people showed up. I know. I sure love coming here this time of year. As I was walking across the parking lot this morning, I almost took a video just so everybody could hear all the birds on the property. And that's true, and that just came the last couple of days, and that's sort of a, a sure sign that spring has come out, the birds are out, they're singing like crazy, and yeah. uh, so um, I know we've had lots of trucks coming in, lots of lots of new product and, uh, and plants, so what kind of new plants uh, came in? Well, we got lots of really amazing succulents and cacti again, we got that all topped up, there's quite a large variety actually of sizes and of varieties. Um, we did top up a whole bunch of standards. Everybody's looking for pothos right now. We made sure we got tons. We made sure we filled up pretty much all over. Well, one thing I was going to mention this week, though, was it seems like we're getting questions every day about potatoes and onions, and everybody's really wanting to get yep. everything started. Um, I thought I'd let people know we're getting some next week. 
Awesome. And, and, and obviously, you can't go out, you can't put them in the yard already, but we do have the pots that you can grow potatoes in if you want to start them that way. But people Absolutely. just want to get them. So if they are getting them early and you're not going to plant them, what's the, best pla- what's the best way to store those, Zoe? Cool and dark. Same as potatoes that you would be saving for eating. So you can get a pretty decent shelf life as long as you make sure. I wouldn't put them in the fridge necessarily, but yeah. some are cool and dark. Um, and just so people know, I know there's been a lot of anxiety this year that it would be like last year and things sell out. Yeah. We're bringing things in in stages so that that doesn't occur. Yeah, so we're not bringing in everything at once so that we can make sure that we can restock and restock and restock from a giant booking. Yeah, and we have lots and lots of seeds. Um, our suppliers so have assured us that we will we will not run out. Um, oh, well, and we got them in already, Merle. Didn't you see in the back of the greenhouse? I was counting <laughs> them this morning. I made sure that we got a giant library of them on hold on the side so we can keep talking about We don't have to wait for suppliers yeah. to make sure everybody gets what they need. Which is awesome. And, and soil and so all the good things. And, and it's been a great spring so far. Like I said, the, the days are getting longer. Um, lots of people in buying different things. And you started getting a few uh, seed geraniums and things like that coming soon. Seed geraniums are showing up next week. Seed peppers are showing up next week. We've got seed tomatoes here right now. Lots of starts of a good variety of herbs, but our herb varieties are going to explode next week. We found an amazing grower. That's all they do is herbs. So I'm super excited to get our first shipment from them. I bet they'll be phenomenal. Awesome. Because that's just expert in that. Yeah, no, 100%. And um, I, strawberries, I've seen some of those. Yeah foreign strawberries already we'll have strawberry sets coming next week as well with all the like that first order of bulbs but i'm going to try to keep the live strawberries coming i know there were certain things last year that ran out earlier rather than later so i'm trying to make sure i've got some for the early birds and i'm making sure i've got lots booked to keep them coming as the season progresses awesome so you got you looks like you sounds like you had everybody covered for the most part so that's good i'm doing my best <laughs> Awesome. I know what our tagline is. I've got to make sure we make good on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks, Zoe. And Zoe's the GM uh, down at Spruce It Up Garden Center, so she's around there most of the time. So if you see her running around there, stop her and say hi. Let her have a little break in between in between things that she's doing. So thanks, Zoe. Thanks, Merle. Take care. We'll see you later on today. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, thanks for Zoe for... Uh, calling in this morning she she carries a lot of hats but she's the gm down there she keeps us all in order and uh, and everything stocked up and all the fun stuff down at the garden center and i'm gonna go i think i got time for one quick call before the break i'm gonna go to Catherine. good morning Catherine. good morning how can i help you well i want to know i have a hemlock or sorry hawthorn tree okay and last year a bug got on it and really ate up a lot of the leaves. So I'm wondering, is there something I can paint on the trunk just before the... No, um, on those ones, um, but you can call our printed up department. We do do the trays on, like we will, we do do the application. It's similar to like a birch leaf mine. We have a couple applications that work for, for different pests. So you can give Mark a shout at uh, at Prune It Up, and and he can get you set up for him to have a look at it and uh, and get you looked after. And a lot of it is too is getting them nice and healthy. Um, so this spring, get, get some fertilizer into your trees. Um, yeah. That way, it's able to fight off 
a lot yeah, of those well, pests. I, I have been fertilizing it. It's getting quite big, but um, the leaves last year was the first year that it really did a a job on it. Yeah. I like I said, and maybe it needs a bit of a pruning. I know the hawthorns get pretty thick, so it might just need a little bit of a thinning out as well. Um, well, but they're like such a gorgeous tree, but they're they're hard to work with with the big thorns, eh? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, I'll call Mark. Yeah, yeah. give Mark a call and uh, let him. He can come out and give your tree. A, he can have a look at it for you and sort of give you some advice either way. And uh, and he'll definitely let you know what you should do with that tree and and get you set up on the right direction. Very good. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I'll chat with Henry about some apple trees. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Just got a beautiful text um, from Graham Bond. He sends in uh, some gorgeous pictures. Says, hello from Griffin Woods. Beautiful morning out there. Merle, just wondering about when I should cut these back. One is a fiber optic grass from last year. And uh, a lot of the grasses um, to cut back and Carl Forrest is that. I, those you can cut back pretty soon. Um and just go right down as tight as you can get to the ground. And they do need fertilizer. A lot of people don't think like the Carl Foresters and things like that need fertilizer and things like that. But I would I would cut those back. Some of the other perennials, I would wait a little bit, though, because Mother Nature is still protecting them. The grasses are going to be a lot tougher. They can they can withstand. So I would I would cut them back almost any time if they're visible like that. Graham, and and then he sent in a picture of this beautiful pond covered with ice and and uh, just beautiful. Anyways, stunning picture. Thanks, Graham. Love that. Uh, I love seeing your pictures and all that kind of fun stuff. But I would, uh, like I said, on cutting back stuff, grasses and stuff, you're okay. A lot of the other perennials, I wait till I start seeing a little bit of green and then cut them back at that point. You want to let Mother Nature do its thing and has still help protect but I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Henry. Good morning, Henry. Good morning. How can I help you? We had a lady give us two apple tree plants. Okay. And one of them is seven feet tall, with straight stem and leaves all the way to the top. Yeah. I don't know what kind it is, but... What do you do with it? Um, well, ones like that, if they, if they are going straight up, um, what you can do is you can just cut the like the last couple inches off the branch on the very top one, and then that'll help thicken them up too, and 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 to start encourage more branching. You you want to fertilize your apple trees with fifteen thirty fifteen, and ensure yeah. they get good water first thing in the spring. Like when it's thawed out, you want to start watering. Um, other than that, you, you, they'll, they should do really quite nicely for you. Um, and they should get cross-pollination from other plants and flowers that are around there, um, other apple trees. So the bees and that will cross-pollinate and you should, uh, you might even see some fruit this year. You never know. If it's seven feet high 
Um, how big is the trunk? Like two or three inches, or is it pretty small? Oh shit! About a quarter of an inch. Okay, yeah. So quite small. So yeah. So I would just take take an inch or two off each branch, like just like find a little. Uh, a There's no branch on them. Oh, just straight up. Yeah, so, okay, just take two to three inches off the top, and it'll thicken up. So what you got is uh, whips. Um, so those are bare root apples, which is fine. That's that's perfect. So just let them do their thing. They'll get rooted in this year. Feed with 15, 30, 15, Henry, and you should be good. This is in the house. We have it in the house. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, and were they started by seed or... Seed. Okay, so there might be a challenge. So there's a, probably a good chance that they won't survive here because most of our apples are grown on hardy root stock. So what they've done, they've they've grafted onto like a crab apple root because and then the upper part isn't as hardy, so they don't survive. Um, so what you can do is you can plant that um, sort of once you get into June. You can plant it outside, but right now I'd still cut it right back. I'd cut a couple inches off the top and and start making it go thicker. So just find a, like a little node on the on the on the trunk that goes straight up, and just just find just cut just above the node, and you can go down two, three, four inches, whatever you you kind of want to do there. Yeah, and we have another one that we got at the same time. It's only about seven inches high. Yeah, and then you can plant them outside. And uh, in in June, but uh, there's probably a good chance it won't survive. Unfortunately, it's just because, like I said, most of the apples and the fruit trees that you see growing in Calgary are all grafted onto a hardy rootstock. Yeah. All right, but give it a try. We will do. Thanks. Awesome. Let me know, Henry. I will do. Thanks, buddy. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, and I got a couple more texts here. What is this one? It says, good morning. I live on the Canada-U.S. border. I'm looking for some ideas for a shrub or small plant on the north side of my house. It's a ground-level bed. It currently has hostas, Osford. You know what I put in there is Annabelle hydrangeas. Those are probably some of the best shade shrubs, and they get three to four feet high, big white blooms. They're awesome for filling in those shady spots. So I'd cut out the grass, amend the soil up nicely, create a nice bed in there, but put in a couple ligularias and a couple ostrich or a couple uh, um, Annabelle hydrangeas, and you'll be perfectly fine. All right. And, uh, and see how that goes. I'm going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A special public avalanche warning is in place for the Rockies in western Alberta and eastern BC throughout the weekend as the, weather, as the warmer weather continues. Avalanche Canada says the first big warm-up of the season will destabilize the snowpath. They also say there have been several close calls reported recently. An outbreak of five to nine new COVID-19 cases at Bowness High School has led to classes switching back to online learning starting tomorrow. Sources within the high school community say students attended a house party last weekend, though there's no confirmation transmission happened there. Bylaw has responded, saying they are unaware of such a gathering and haven't received any related complaints. Grade 10 student Jean Funel is not looking forward to online learning. It's really tiring and upsetting. It's happened 
it's too much. Online school has been really frequent in the past year. Like it makes people really, really frustrated with the people who are putting people at risk like this and causing these type of situations. In a statement, the Calgary Board of Education says we all share the responsibility to follow all health and safety guidelines, whether in school or outside of school time. Bonus students will return to in-person classes March 17th. An update in Friday's attempted abduction of a 13-year-old Calgary girl. Investigators now have obtained CCTV images of a suspicious vehicle reported involved in... In the incident, at 12.45 Friday afternoon, the girl was walking home from a bus stop along Saddlebrook Drive when a van pulled over and a man in his 30s tried to force her into his van. She managed to escape and reported the incident. The vehicle is now believed to be a white 2005-2010 to Honda Odyssey. Anyone with information is asked to call the non-emergency police line or contact Crime Stoppers. And Canmore RCMP are looking for a man who fled a traffic stop near Canmore yesterday at around 3 a.m. on Highway 1. Two vehicles were stopped by police and handguns and drugs were found in one vehicle. The driver of that vehicle is in custody. However, the driver of the other drove away and the Hyundai SUV was later found abandoned in Canmore with weapons inside. Police say the suspect is a man in his late 20s to mid-30s who is short and slender. He was wearing a white hoodie and camouflage pajama pants. RCMP say if you see the man, call 911 and do not approach him. The fierce debate over cross-border pipelines is putting more Canadian oil and gas on on trains destined for the United States. Some experts say the U.S. is ill-equipped for a potential large-scale disaster, like the explosion that tore through the Quebec town of Lac-Magantic in 2013 that killed 47 people. Seamus O'Regan is vowing to fight Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer's plan to shut down Enbridge's Line 5. The cross-border pipeline runs through a sensitive area of the Great Lakes. A jury selection begins tomorrow for a former Minneapolis police officer charged with murder and manslaughter in George Floyd's death. Floyd, who was black, died last May when Officer Derek Chauvin pressed his knee on Floyd's neck. Reporter Alex Prache says... The case sparked a global outcry over racial inequality and police brutality. There's high security for a case with even higher stakes. Barricades, razor wire, and extra fencing. Inside, access to the 18th floor courtrooms severely limited. The families of Chauvin and George Floyd only get one seat each. And it'll be live streamed. The trial is expected to last weeks. The briar taking place in Calgary comes with big economic benefits. As Global's Jackie Wilson reports, the boost for the local economy means a lot as Calgary starts to come out of the pandemic. The briar is underway at Calgary's Windsport. And like the Scotties, this tournament is going to be in a no-fans bubble. But despite that, there are going to be six major curling events here at Windsport. And they are all expected to be a big boost in economic value for our city. According to Tourism Calgary, each event brings in about $2 million in economic value. On top of that, it provides a unique opportunity for Calgary to market itself to generate post-pandemic tourism, which is an industry that's been hit incredibly hard by the pandemic. And so safe events like these are key. Jackie Wilson, Global News. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny today with a high of plus six. A few clouds tonight dropping to low of minus three. And Monday, we'll see mainly sunny conditions with a high of plus five. It's zero at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 if you want to join us. I'm going to go to Les, and we're going to see about another apple tree. Good morning, Les. Hey, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I've got a hardy mac apple tree. Okay. And I've got quite a few trees in my yard. Uh, it's probably about six or eight feet from... Other trees, they're yep. mostly one's an upright cedar, another is one of those trim spruces. And any, anyway, I'm just wondering if that's a good spot for it. It's getting quite a bit of sun from the south. Uh, it, yeah. it, it is. It, it's going to start competing, especially when you have bigger evergreens around. Yeah. Um, so that does. So you just have to ensure um, that. Um, and with the apple, you can keep it a little bit contained with pruning. Right. Like, you can keep them a little bit tighter. They don't mind that. Like, right. you'll see that in the orchards right. and stuff like that and keep it a little bit more horizontal. Right. Um, yeah. And just, so you're just going to have to make sure that you're feeding a little bit more for your for oh. your apple trees okay. and ensuring that slow, deep watering. Like, get, a, right. get one of the drip soaker hoses around it. Right. And then that'll be great for your for your apples and and for your spruce as well. So it just because those they the spruce and the larger evergreens they they're uh, they're, they're pigs. They take everything. Well, they're not too large yet. <laughs> but you know when they I mean? start growing, though, right? They start yeah. competing. Oh, so. I see. Okay. And I got one of them's a, a pine again. It's not that big, but yeah, same. Knows what it's going to do? It's yeah. I got a. Got too many trees in my yard. I like trees. But oh, absolutely, but so and, which is fine. But you just got to make sure you're feeding a little gotcha. bit more often, okay. and and then even with our lawn fertilizer, you can sprinkle that the right. granular right around your apple trees because sure. it it has the good numbers. It has the high middle number, which is good for your apples. Okay, and that way it's getting continuous feeding. Um, yeah, more tree like which is fine. It just sometimes it just takes a little bit more care. Exactly, and uh, and bark mulch is another good one. But the, yeah. you got to remember the evergreens are all surface root, right? Yeah, for the most part. So they take a lot of the nutrients. They take a lot of the moisture right at the top. Gotcha. So and that's typically where ours is because we got a little bit of loam. And then you got clay, right? And the, and the moisture sits in that. I got lots of loam in my yard. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're lucky. Yeah. It's so it's so funny how it varies. Because I, yeah. my first house that we'd bought in Bonas, I thought because I'd worked at Science I and dug many many holes, putting up greenhouses and stuff. So I thought, and I bought my first house, and it was just down on 34th, and we were putting in a new fence. I thought, oh God, this is going to be hell. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we had like six feet of loam. It was like I don't know what happened there. I was like, yeah. whoa, because I brought the bobcat. We drill. It was just like it was done like in like 15 minutes. I, I got about a foot and a half all over the yard really nice loam okay but, uh, you're lucky i've had houses too that you're lucky if you get a couple of inches oh yeah no you dig down and uh yeah i just had a flashback i bought a house in, in the west side of Kelowna. it was like that put up a dog run fence and <laughs> chipping yeah. under the side of the mountain uh never again yeah there uh, you go all right well thanks okay, Les. Thanks hopefully that okay. helps yeah just take care. just feed and extra water no, and I'm you should sure. be good okay thank you thanks Les. bye-bye all right, let's go to John. Good morning, John. Good morning, Merle. How are you guys? Good, good. How can I help you? Fantastic. Great show. Thank hey, you. Merle, how much success have you guys had with black locust trees? Um, I don't really know of any that I've had that much success in our area. Um, I'm just trying to see if I... Uh, can see if anybody else has much um, w- with much luck with them here. 
Um, because depends on because we're in that we're zone three, zone four, and that varies from each side of the city as well, right? Right. So I'm south of the city. Okay. On a uh, acreage quite open, kind of between Blackie and Calgary. Okay. And I put one on a very super exposed site on top of a berm. Yeah. And yesterday I cut the very tip off. It's green as can be. Awesome. So yeah, I'm sure. But I actually started them from seed. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm just sort of looking. Uh, it's one that isn't produced. Like we don't get a lot of them in our, um, in in, in production, and okay, and sometimes gotcha. these older trees they get if they don't produce really well or they don't um, uh, sell well at a certain point they get taken out of production, right? But there's zone three to eight. Um, yep. Let me see. Because I know we are going back to some, but let me see what I can find this spring. Um, but it is a zone three, but that just so just ensure that you're you're watered in really well. And first thing this spring, you might want to hit it with that fifteen thirty fifteen, a higher root number um, for the just concentrate on the roots this year. And yep. and you should because I know we had lot we brought in a bunch of walnuts. Um, so we've, we've, we're trying to find those, um, little more unique trees rather than just the Swedish columnar aspens and stuff like that. Right. So, so we were definitely working on, on that at the garden center. So, um, awesome. so that's good to hear. Maybe let me know, John, if you don't mind in, uh, in sort of beginning of May or mid April, if it starts leafing out and how you make out with that, I'd love to hear. I sure will, but I appreciate I it. Will. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Thanks Sean. Bye, bye. Thank you. Bye, bye. Awesome. And that's uh, and that's part of the fun is, uh, and sometimes the good trees get pushed away out of out of our climates um, for the way of new ones because they're they're licensed growers and they need to. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone line and chat with Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing today? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I I want to know about tarragon. Um, I'm guessing that you will be getting some herbs in sometime in the springtime. Yeah, we what, already what, started getting a bunch of herbs in already. So is ter- is tarragon one of them? I'm pretty sure it is. I know we had sage, tarragon, cilantro, um, parsley's. Um, so I'm almost positive there was tarragon in there. Okay, since it looks similar to rosemary, would it grow the same way? And spend more specifically, it's going to be a little. Actually, can, it's easier to grow as well. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to like the rosemary just seems to get really dry, really easy. And it gets that, uh, powdery mildew. It's a tough one. Like it, 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 it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit finicky, but the tarragon I find if it's planted in a nice soil, let it dry out in between waterings, it actually performs quite well. And then if you're using it, and that's the big thing with a lot of the herbs is they like being used, right? They like to be cut back a bit and then continue to grow. It's just when you leave things, it's almost like Mother Nature says, okay, you're not using me, and then they just go to seed, and then they're not great, right? Right. Now, this is going to be used, but uh, but, but I want to grow it inside. Can you do that? Absolutely. Yep. Nope. Bright light. Um, you, you should be totally fine. And actually, I just got a text from Zoe, and the French tarragon is coming this week from from our new supplier. So I guess we're out of it right now, but it'll be there this week. So fresh, fresh tarragon. tarragon. Oh, fresh tarragon. Okay. Yeah. So 
So how big are the plants? The ones that we're getting in, they're in about a three-inch pot, and they'll probably be three to four inches high. Okay. All right. Thanks, Merle. And that, that'll be next week? Yeah. And this is from, <clears throat> and actually I toured this um, grower a couple years ago, and it's 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 all he does is grow herbs, and they're this awesome, and it's so clean. Um, it's all natural, organic. And because uh, I try going, when you go into his place, you have to suit up. They have to spray you. They decontaminate you before you go in there. And uh, and parts of it, they don't even let people in. You just sort of have to look through a little glass bubble thing. So it's kind of an interesting. They really try to to ensure their their biosecurities and and keeping their stuff um, fresh and organic and uh, and very consistent. Like it, they almost like fake because they're just these these guys have the the growing of herbs down pack. So looking forward to. to to having those in again this year. Okay, thanks, Herb. Or Merle. Merle. Thanks, Herb. <laughs> Herb wait, okay, let's, let's, what are we talking about? Anyway? Exactly. Okay, are we so smoking before, Herb or what? No. <laughs> yeah, before, yeah, before I go, I'll give you a tip. All right, thanks, Kevin. Try it. No, no. Uh, try it on your hollandaise sauce on Eggs Benny. Okay. Oh, man, you, you'll never do it any other way again. Okay, I will. Thanks, right, Kevin. Have a good day. Thanks. Awesome. Love that uh, little uh, little. Um, culinary tips as well. And that's the thing. If you're growing herbs, herbs and and things like that, they do love to be used, as I mentioned, um, that when you're cutting them back, they'll they'll send up more growth right away, like your basils and and your mojito mint. The more you use it, the the better it is because they'll just keep growing. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403 974 8255 or out of town 1-800-563-7770 I'm going to take a quick break you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Green It Up Tree and Lawn, Calgary's new tree and lawn care company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to read a couple texts. I've planted fibrous begonias, uh, bada-bing, around February 14th. Um, they came up. Some are still... Um, one of them's about three to four leaf stage, and a lot of the other ones are kind of just small. Um, they do like just ensure that they're not planted deep and don't keep them too wet. Um, that's when I th- I find sometimes with begonias, people keep them too wet. Um, they're they're like a succulent, so that bulb you want to ensure that it gets the dry out. So just get it into a nice sunny spot to help dry that out. Maybe move the soil around a bit. And uh, just get into a nice warm spot, and hopefully that will b- push it. Um, but and just don't keep them too wet. That's what I find one of the biggest things with them. And then they're rotten, um, which is no good for you on your uh, begonias. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines wide open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. I'm going to go there right now, and we're going to talk with Ross. Good morning, Ross. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, hey, I've got an old-timer friend who has a, uh, a single tomato plant. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of like a Charlie Brown tree sort of thing. It's just like this one poor little, sorry little plant, and it's got one um, tomato. Uh, and he's been trying to grow that thing for like six months now. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's just covered with foliage. Um, there's no new uh, flowers coming out at all. Yeah. 
Um, and it's only got the one tomato, and we're trying to figure out what to do to get more tomatoes out of it. We've looked online. and About how tall nothing. is it? Oh, I'd say it's about three feet tall. Oh, okay. It's right, by a, it's right by a window where it gets lots of sun. It's quite warm. Okay. Uh, so I'm not sure what to do. And, and But it's not producing any flowers, like you're not getting any any flowers. No, no flowers at all. Okay. No. So that would tell me it's it, um, it, dependent if he's fertilizing and if he's using an uh, fertilizer, I would use one with a high middle number, like a 15, 30, 15. Um, okay. He might be using one with a high nitrogen, which is just producing lots of growth. Okay. Um, so that could be part of the problem. So I'd probably switch to that. And on these warm days, just try and get it outside if you can, if possible. Okay. Um, and and see, and when was it trans? Is it flimsy kind of thing, or is it quite thick and sturdy? Uh, it's pretty thick and sturdy. Okay. And it's got, it's just covered with leaves, right? It's just really, really heavy foliage on it. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, does it need to be trimmed back at all? Or, um, uh, well, not really. That that would just tell me, like I said, if they're nice and healthy growth, I have a feeling you're maybe f he's feeding it with a high nitrogen fertilizer. So it's just okay. concentrated on foliage growth and no, and you need the phosphate, you need the middle number and that will trigger the blooming um, so I would just ensure like I, even on that, something that big, and if it's been growing like that, I would go to like to 10, 50, 10, 15, 30, 15, mm. something like that. And okay. that will ensure that it can switch to that different phase and it needs the phosphate to trigger the blooms to, to get the fruit going. Mm, okay. And then he had, uh, uh, one little tomato that came out uh, a little while back that ended up with a little black ring on the bottom, which... Yeah. We discovered was a calcium deficiency, apparently. Yeah, and that's the other. Um, so we have a product at the store. It, you can, it's a calcium supplement that you can add to the soil, um, okay. part of your fertilizer. But I would I'd really concentrate on the middle number first and then add that uh, add the calcium supplement as well. Okay, perfect. That's what we're going to do. All right. Okay, and, thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much. Yep. See you, Ross. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And uh, one more thing, Ross, if you're if you're listening, just ensure that it's not running too wet. Just let let it dry out a little bit in between waterings, because on a, one like that, if it's if you have everything just so perfect and lots of nitrogen, it doesn't see any reason to reproduce. So um, sometimes they need a little bit of a stress point to trigger that uh, the blooming as well. So if they get stressed out a little bit, that'll it'll trigger a bit of blooming on them as well. So that's an, another little trick you can try. I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Joe. Good morning, Joe. Uh, good morning, Merle. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I've got a question. I don't know if it's a stupid question or not. No, no questions I'm, are stupid. I've been I've learned that over the years. <laughs> all right, thanks. Thanks. I'm about to landscape my backyard this year, and okay. I'm really interested in getting, if possible, a diversity of birds into the yard. Yeah. Maybe some bees, yeah. and uh, I don't know who to talk to about. Picking the right vegetation for the yard to attract, you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. And I just really don't know where to go to. I'm hoping you can help. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so for a lot of your trees and shrubs, there's so many good ornamental and, and then the different fruit trees that are come into play the last couple of years. And that's one thing COVID has done. It's really brought a lot of people back home into the gardens. So... Um, and for some of the ornamental trees, like even like mountain ash, the pin cherries... Um, the gladiator crab apple, like th these are great ones. Like they're ornamental crabs, so you're not going to eat it anyways. But it does bring a lot of birds and different things into the yard because it's something for them to eat. 
Um, okay. And then when you get to the to the flowers, like there's so many perennials, and I'm pretty sure even on our website, um, in our plant finder, um, you'll you'll find that um, you can do that. One of the one of the major things too, and at this time of year, our team has a little bit more time. Like even if you come in on a like a Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or something um, during the day, if you have time, and come chat with a Chris or Zoe or myself at the store, we can kind of if you have a picture or kind of a little design laid out, um, we can help you pick some some different plants. Um, but any of the fruit trees, like there's so many edible, like the. Um, all the romance series, cherry trees, the hascup berries, um, nanking cherries, like lots of those, just, they'll bring in lots of lots of birds and things like that into your yard. So, so that's okay. what you want to concentrate on. And then the pollinators, like the big flowers, like the gladiolus, sunflowers, um, echinaceas, things like that. Um, that'll bring in lots of the bees and things for pollination. So those are good combination plants. Um, and there's lots okay. of different colors when you get into like the the echinaceas and the coneflowers and the gallardias and things like that. Okay, thank you very much. Hopefully. I think uh, a trip down south to your store with a notepad is in order. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it uh, and like I said, this time of year they have a little more time. They can chat. And uh, check out our website and just click on the plant finder. I think there's a thing in there where you can say um, for fruit and things like that. So it'll it'll spit out all kinds and you can create your shopping list that way. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to do a couple texts here. And it says here, I have my pothos is limp. I keep it with my other ivies wandering and in the same area of the house. They all look healthy. I don't see any brown, yellow, sad. I'm just going to see, yeah, it, it doesn't look too happy. I would say myself, just looking at your pothos, it looks like it might be planted a little bit too deep. So I would pull that out of the pot um, and just raise it up a bit, like pull the plant out of the soil a little bit. It looks like it's it's maybe buried a little bit too deep and put a little bit of fresh soil in there. It looks like maybe you just transplanted it recently and then just give it a really good flushing, like give it a good water all the way through and and then that will help. Um, get that going and then use a transplant fertilizer 153015 or 1052.10. Again, high middle number should help revive that. And if it, if it still struggles, maybe cut three or four inches off all those branches because you have a lot of foliage on, on that plant if you've just transplanted it. So sometimes there's not enough root system to support that much um, plant until you get it going. So give that a try. Hopefully that helps. But right now i got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. A mix of sun and cloud and two degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. 341 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in Alberta yesterday, as well as one additional death. There are currently 247 people in hospital, 42 in ICU. A COVID-19 outbreak at Bowness High School has resulted in the switch to online learning for students beginning tomorrow. Multiple sources within the school's community say students attended a party last weekend. Bylaw says they are not aware of any such complaints related to a party. And police now have CCTV images of the suspected vehicle in an attempted abduction of a 13-year-old Calgary girl Friday afternoon. The white 2005-2010 Honda Odyssey had reportedly pulled over and 
Its driver tried to force the girl inside, but she managed to escape. The male, described as a short and slender man in his late 20s to mid-30s, anyone with information is asked to contact police. It's two degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to chat with Marty. Good morning, Marty. Morning, Merle Patrol again. Thank you. How can I help you? Merle, I have a rhubarb plant yep. that faces east. Um, it's in a bottomless um, raised box, about 18 inches by 24. It does really well for the first month. Yeah. And then I get nothing out of it. Is the box too small? I've thrown uh, some compost on it uh, early in the spring. What am I doing wrong that I, I don't get the big um, stalks? Is there other trees around it? It, it? For me, it sounds like it may be not enough light. Like, because east location depends how much sun it's getting. It, it gets it, a full morning sun. Okay. And, that, and then that would that would be it, right? Yeah. That would be my only, like, thing is just it's not getting, because they do, like, that little bit hotter, drier spot. Okay. Um, so they're just getting that cool sun. Um, so I, I would definitely try if you could get into a little bit of a hotter area. Okay. Um, you'd probably see a fairly big difference because there it just gets that early morning and then kind of, and those are those big solar panel leaves, right? That help right. make it grow and, and, and kind of go crazy. So they do like that afternoon, evening sun more so than the, than the early morning. Okay. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. If, um, if you can, that uh, hopefully will help you out. Yeah, cucumbers. Can I grow those in pots? Absolutely. Can I? Um, yeah, just ensure that it's a bigger pot, and you got to remember it's a big vine, so either have some um, netting or trellis or or a lower, like a window box where it can crawl on the ground kind of thing. Otherwise, you end up with those vines and stuff all over the place. So Even for a bush cucumber? Um, no, not as much then, so they're a little bit more contained, but they still there's a, there's still a good amount of, of foliage on there. Okay, so then how big to, of a pot? I would go at least uh, 12 to 14 or like a three-foot window box. For a lot of those kind of viney, like bush cucumbers, I, I love using window boxes. Okay. Uh, um, a little bit wider, and, and it just, it just I find it a little easier to, to manage them. And how deep am I going? Um, eight to 10 inches. Okay. And just okay. use a good potting soil. Um, and you should be fine. They okay. like they do like the soilless mix. Same thing. They do like a nice hot spot. They don't like to be kept too wet. So let so them they dry. Keep it on the west deck. Absolutely. Yeah, they love okay. that. And can I cut my clematis down today to give me something to do? <laughs> yeah, just make sure what what variety, because um, some of them you don't cut back, and and some you do. So depending. Um, yeah, we cut them back every year. I'm just yeah, absolutely. Right now, is, you can. It, it's just again, I like to leave some of the stuff like the foliage on my perennials until like mid-April, depending on what it's doing, just to give it that little extra protection because we're, we're inevitably we're going to see a little bit more winter here coming right. up. So that's, this again, Mother Nature just protecting it. 
Okay, rather than exposing the tender stuff below, um, I, I would I would wait. It's still this time to procrastinate. Um, pick up some new stuff. Search through the the garden books. Go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. what, about, what about raspberries? Can I cut yeah, my canes back on those? Absolutely. And you want to okay. go through and remove on your raspberries when you're looking through that. You want to look for the older gray ones. Those are the ones you remove this year. Well, I've got the Red River ones. I think they're what do they call those? Uh, um, I can't even think of the name what they call them, but I, I was under the assumption that I could cut them right back, all back, because they just come they, up and they produce on their new growth. Right. Yep. So that you, those again, those pretty hardy. Um, you can cut them right down right now if you want, but again, some of the stuff I would wait a little bit just because we're, we are exposing um, it to the elements, right? Yeah. So. But okay, I, it's got you're, mulch you're, on it, so it's pretty. It's gonna, it's yeah, gonna if, it, if it's covered with mulch, yeah, you can take it down to that six-inch level and okay. uh, and then clean out any of the real dead, dead stuff and uh, and and ensure that you're going to get some food in there. And that's again where our even our lawn fertilizer is great for um, the raspberries and things of that. You can just sprinkle it on and has that. Yep, because it has the high middle number, so it's and so it's a it's a slow release. So if you have that mixed right into your hedge, it, it releases the the phosphate, and that's what the the fruit bearing and your flowering, like even around your clematis and your in your perennial beds and stuff like that for flowering stuff, it works really well. Okay, perfect. Appreciate that. All right, thanks, Marty. Yeah, have a good week. You yeah. too. Bye bye. Marty's anxious, which is good. It's always good to to be anxious to get out and uh, and do some work in the garden. Um, one way to deter that is uh, try and dig a hole out there and you're chipping the ice. So that usually tells you that that wasn't that much fun or, or stick your hand in some cold, cold soil and then you can usually try to find something else after that. <laughs> He's kind of, okay. And I'm going to go one more phone call before the break here. We're going to go to Tina. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. How can I, I was wondering, uh, can you grow a Japanese peony tree here in Calgary? Yeah, absolutely. Where would I ever find one? Nobody carries them. Um, we usually get them in, um, but they are sought after. So when we get them in, they go pretty quickly. Um, okay. So we will typically have them in um, within the first couple of weeks in May, and uh, so keep an eye on social media a bit if you if you do that. Um, and I can see if Zoe is still listening, and she can maybe text me and see when she has those planning on coming in. But typically, they come in in the in the May season, like right during the busy time. Okay, now can I pre-order one and pay for it? Um, no, it, it's it's hard to do that. We don't. Yeah, because sometimes if they don't all come in, then we're kind of if we've taken some people's money, we just uh, we prefer right. just to do the. Oh well, that's exciting because um, I just couldn't find anybody that even carried yeah, them. Yeah, no, I... we have those and the Ito peonies as well, which is another. Those are the ones where you get the different colors. You get the yellow and the really light pinks and stuff of like that mixtures. Um, the Ito peonies, so those are really nice as well. Okay, now one last question. Yep. Um, a lime tree. It's yep. an outdoor tree, but it's in my house this winter facing south. Yep. Dropping all its leaves. It does get a few limes. Yeah. Am I doing something wrong? No. Um, a lot of times the lemons and limes, when they come inside, um, they're like, um, it's sort of like our deciduous trees. They, they go through a dormant variety um, so, or a dormant time and something they'll shed their leaves, especially if they're, but you said you have full sun. Yeah. It's in a, um, south exposure yeah. with, um, yeah, lots of sun. So 
And has it been transplanted at all lately? No, no, okay. it's still in its original oh, pot. Okay, yeah, def- so it's ran out of nutrients as well. So what I would do is is come by, get a nice big gl- clay pot for it. They love the clay and okay. a taller cil- cylinder type pot. Um, and probably go into like a 10 or a 12 inch pot at least and just good potting soil. If you transplant that now, you'll see all kinds of new growth because the sun, the days are getting longer here. So you'll see lots of new growth and it should just take off like crazy for you. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good day. Thanks, Tina. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with uh, Earl. Good morning, Earl. Uh, good morning, Earl. How can I help you? I have got a big, like 10-foot-high um, lilac bush. It's probably six feet around. Yep. It's right close to the house, and there's a cement pad that comes out, which is right beside it. Yep. I, I want to divide it into, like, four different plants and, and, and probably cut it down, as I heard you say earlier. Yeah. Is now the time to uh, try and dig it out and move it or move uh, three-quarters of it? Yeah, you want to wait a little bit uh, just until you can dig the other holes and have them ready, right? So it's probably still a little bit hard to dig in some of the other areas. So you want to do sort of mid-April, just when the, the ground's thawed, the things are starting to go. Okay. Lilacs are fairly easy to move. Um, and I've cut them down first and then move them because it's easier. <laughs> I just cut, yep. cut them down to like two or three feet. And then and I just, cut them down now? Yeah. And, okay. and then just go in and you dig the root up and then have your other holes ready. And when you pull that out, you can split it up at that point and then just get them into the ground, get them watered well. And uh, and use a product like a ten fifty two ten like a transplant fertilizer just to get the roots going on it, or even how like long, the. How long do you use that ten fifty two ten? I would I would use it for the first season, like every okay. couple of weeks, like just every give it a yeah, give it a good shot of it, just just to get the roots going right. So, yep. um, but okay. yeah, when you do that, yeah, just be careful. And around the foundation, obviously, and you want to get out as much as you can. Like you just have to dig around it, and uh, or if you if you're able to come in, like if you have a U blade, if it sounds like you might be on. Are you on the acreage or? Yes. Yeah. So you might be able to come in with a bucket of some sort, like on the on a machine. Oh, oh yes. And just yeah. scoop it out. Like if you, I created a U bucket, um, and I was able to dig it out that way as well. Okay. So. Okay. But uh, yeah, just obviously be careful around the house, and uh, uh, but you sure. sh- you should be good to go. All right, thanks for your help. All right, thank you. Bye bye. All right, yeah, I moved lots of lilacs in the past, then because they then I found out that they do not have very big root systems. Really, just lots of top fibrous roots, and uh, and they actually transplant really quite easy, and. Here I go. Just missed what type of fertilizer for greening up the lawn. If you could text me back with the information we're good. So you're looking for is a, it's the green it up lawn fertilizer um, available at the garden center at Spruce It Up. And uh, the numbers are 16326. And you'll, you'll be very impressed with the, with the results of that fertilizer on your grass. So, and I'm going to, how much time do I got? I got enough time for another call here. Let's go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Hey, good morning. How are you doing, Merle? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, you know what? The last couple of calls actually covered a little bit of it. I've got uh, lemon and lime uh, 
trees here that are in the original pots. Yep. And um, I was just uh, thinking that uh, they need to be transplanted, and you just kind of confirmed that with absolutely. Yeah. Um, it- They'll perform perform so much better. Like if they get some of that, just some good fresh soil, tall cylinder plant pot. Like if you try to go something like a like try and get a clay pot of some sort, um, they love that. Yeah, and um, excuse me, they originally came with a little bit of mulch or uh, almost like wood chips on top of them. Yeah, they Is do. That- they do that to keep the moisture in like during transport and that from the nurseries to the stores. And that's okay. just a way to help um, ensure that they don't dry out that much. So um, so a lot of times they'll use um, different types of bolts or different things just to, or a moss type thing on top just to hold the moisture in. But when you transplant that, you don't need to do that. I would just get our, like our good potting soil. If you come pick out a couple pots, um, just pick up like our, our good all-purpose soil that we have and uh, you should be good to go. And they do like the fertilizer of 30-10-10. Okay, yeah. And um, in terms of uh, currently, like I'm shocked at how much water they're taking up. And maybe that's because they're in too small a container. But I do have a few yellow leaves in the middle. Yep, and uh, that's just old that's leaves. Good. Those are old leaves that they've shed. They, they'll start shedding some of their old leaves again when they don't. Um, and maybe when they get too dry, they'll shed a bit because that's just their natural defense mechanisms kick in, right? They and that's with all trees. Okay. They they'll shed older foliage. Um, so again, definitely needs. And right now is a great time to transplant your plant. So it's uh, the days are getting longer. Um, it's not super hot yet. So if you transplant them, they'll just concentrate on the roots at first here. But you'll be amazed at how much good, healthy growth you'll you'll see when you get some nice soil around those. Yeah, they're great in love. I love them. Like I said, like this year, I I think I probably harvested over 20 um, lemons throughout the season. Uh, I I put mine outside on a full sun in uh, usually in June and I leave them out on the patio for the for the summertime. And then I bring them back in the house usually in September when we start getting those cool nights. And uh, and that it seems to like that cycle. Um, and I didn't lose as many leaves this winter. Like typically a lot of times they will shed leaves as the earlier caller mentioned. Um, uh, this year mine didn't shed any leaves, so which was good. Yeah. Okay. And just, uh, follow up to, uh, one of the other earlier callers too, the cucumbers. Yep. I've got full sun exposure on the, from the south and I grow the cucumbers all winter long in here and where they, the vines grow, you know, lot um, staked right to the ceiling but yep. getting all kinds of great cucumbers from a couple of those west coast seed varieties that you've got in there and and we're getting cucumbers every day off of awesome. like six seven but, plants it's amazing yeah and they love the sun like you said they they love yep. the hot sun and uh so that's awesome thanks for sharing yep. that with awesome. us thanks thank you take care okay. thanks dwight all right no not dwight sorry um, I got to take another break, last one of the day, and then we get back. We'll hit the phone lines again. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm just going to do one text here. Good morning, Merle. My 88, I'm helping my 88-year-old dad grow some tomatoes during isolation. What's next in these plants? So what... Um, their plants are, they're, they're sticking up, they're growing little tomato plants, <coughs> excuse me, and they look like they're three to four inches high. 
Um, so they need to, and it looks like you just transplant them. But what I would do is I would just pop those out of the pots. You just put them in and re-transplant them. You kind of want to bury three quarters of the plant so you don't end up with a really spindly looking plant like that. Um, so typically your tomatoes, they they like to be planted fairly deep because then all those little root hairs that you see on the main stem, those turn into roots. So this pull, you have one, two, three sets of leaves on the bottom. I'd just leave the top two sets and then bury them that deep, right right in the soil, nice and deep. And, and that should firm them up, get them nice and sturdy. And uh, and hopefully that helps. They do like a fertilizer again, the fifteen thirty fifteen. Um, that will make a big big difference on that as well. And uh, and we'll see. Hopefully that helps you and your father out. I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Arlene. Good morning, Arlene. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? I love lemon cucumbers. Ah. And uh, can you grow them here? I, They're I, a California item, and I had them all the time when I was living in California for a time. And I, I'm not sure go? if we have that seed. Um, I, I know I've heard of it, so I'm assuming we will have it. Um, I'm gonna. I'll just text Zoe real quick here and ask if we have them in the store. If you look on like on the West Coast, or if you're down at the Garden Center, we have a lot of seeds in right now. Um, so if we do have them, now is the time to see if, if they're in stock. So I'll just do a quick text here. If I hear before the end of the show, I'll let you know here real quick. Okay. But uh, other than that, you can either call down to the store or if you want to pop down and, uh, and uh, enjoy the, the little tropical paradise down there. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Arnie. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you. And I'm going to go to the phone lines here one more time. We're just going to go. I got a couple callers left. I'm going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Hey, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, you got to cut my memory banks here because I was going to get a natural barrier for the chicken tooth. Remember? Yeah. Well, I blew my knee out, so I couldn't get to your store last year. Yeah. Do you remember what they were? Um, Some of the ones that you might want to use is like a barberry. Okay. Um, They have the real... Like lots of lots of uh, <laughs> barbs on them. Obviously, yeah. the name Barberry. Um, those work pretty good, um, but the, I guess it depends. Again, trying to keep out. Um, so, yeah, and they're pretty. Foxes and skunks, and uh, well, we even had a um, gooseberries. Yeah, gooseberries are another one we've used with the Ducks Unlimited um, okay. to help protect some of the wood ducks. We planted those around some water um, areas, and then the wood ducks will hide underneath them, and it has lots of thorns. But you know how it is. Like when a fox smells a chicken, uh, there's not sometimes a lot that will keep them out. No, fair enough. I, I got it pretty secured with the yeah. chicken wire and stuff, right? But Yeah, but you can try that, the barberry, and uh, and see well, if no, that... No, grow five, six feet, right? Yeah. Absolutely, but you have to go fairly tight as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Give that a tr- about, it's about a 35-foot run, right? Yep. So if you, they said, go every two to three feet, and they should thicken up together like that, and that will definitely help. But uh, I know What the, size are they when I, if I come and, when I come and grab them? Well, two, you can either start two or five-gallon, um, so yep. they'll be in the two to four, three feet high sort of thing. And they grow pretty quick, yeah? Fairly quick, yeah. Okay. Okay, and then uh, just a challenge for you. Um, 
that flower bed out front that we did, yeah. where I got the cook fires, we're yeah. going to extend it, but uh, the horses like to eat everything in there. Yeah. <laughs> so is there something as a border? Because otherwise I'm going to have to do a, like a fence along the driveway to keep them out. Yeah. Is there something to deter them from eating them? Yeah. Um, you can try Bob X. Okay. That stuff works great for deer and a bunch of other things, so give that a try. Okay, awesome. All right. All right, thank you, Mark. Thanks, man. See ya. All right, I'm going to go to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, happy Sunday, buddy. Hey, how are you? Glad you. Good, good, good. I, I'm trying to grow a coconut palm. Okay. And really, I, I soaked it in the pail for three or four days, and then now it's in a humidity dome. And they're starting to sprout from the eyes a little bit. Yeah. So once it sprouts up, uh, the only question I have is, do I bury the whole coconut in no. there? I would I would just do like the top uh, like half of it. Oh, so leave the top half sticking up. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then yeah, because they I seen them on the internet, so I I thought I'd give it a try. Yeah, give that a try. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Dwight. Yeah, Take care. Bye bye. And I do have a question or an answer to the question. We do have the lemon cucumbers in stock. And man, they look nice, like little, like little yellow, nice cucumbers. So, um, to the earlier caller, was wondering if we had those. We do have them in the seed, and it looks like we got lots of them. So, you should be good to go. And I think that is the it for us for today. Thank you to everybody for participating, and we'll get our garden on right here next week on seven seventy CHQR.